Savage, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalheads, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another edition of Focus on Metal. We have got a triple bill of metal for you this week. Not only three different bands, but three very varied bands as well. First up is Stacy Savage from Kentucky Metal Masters, Savage Master. This band has been creating quite a buzz over the internet lately, and I was fortunate enough to arrange for an interview a few weeks back with Stacy, and I'll be playing that for you this week. Also on the show this week, I have bassist Chris Van from Indiana Outfit, Outlaws, and Moonshine. And rounding it out, I was supposed to have an interview with Jesse Kill from the band Jesse Kill, but I ended up having an interview with the whole entire band. And uh, that will be rounding up our triple bill this week. So lots to get to. So uh, let's kick it off like we usually do. Little track of the week. After six years, it is the return of Finnish power metal act Thunderstone. That's right. The guys are back once again with a new release on AFM Records called Apocalypse Again. Not only a new release after six years, but also the return of original vocalist Posse Rantanen. Not sure if I pronounced that one right, but uh, that's about as good as it's going to get. But yes, Thunderstone has put out a brand new release, Apocalypse Again, and it has all of the classic stuff you would come to expect from Thunderstone. So yeah, Posse left in 2007, and uh, he was replaced by uh, Rick Altsy, who of course you guys know from Master Plan. And now after uh, that final release they did with Rick, uh, Posse is back, and they're putting out a nine-track album that has all the classic Thunderstone stuff on it. If you want to find out more about the band, you can head over to thunderstone.org. And as usual with AFM Records, there are a couple of editions available. There's a regular CD as well as a Digipack edition. So let's roll something off of Apocalypse again. This one is called Wounds. Thank you. 
There you go, your track of the week. Again, that was from Thunderstone on the new one, Apocalypse Again, available now on AFM Records. So first guest up on the block this week is Stacy Savage from Savage Master. Great band out of Kentucky. Really has that old school Nawabam sound. Classic bands like Witchfinder General. Just really cool stuff. Tunes all have these really great, cool, creepy subject matter with songs like Satan's Crown and Burned at the Stake. But all of that stuff wrapped into this really just, it sounds like an album that would have been made back in 1978. When I listen to the latest one with Whips and Chains, I just look at it and I'm thinking, holy crap, did this thing come out on neat records? So why don't I roll my talk with Stacey Savage, the vocalist of Savage Master, and somewhere in there I'll play a couple of samples off of with Whips and Chains as well to give you a flavor of what this band sounds like. Hopefully you'll be digging it. You want to go out and get one for yourself. All right, guys, good band for you this week. You may have known them from their 2014 release, Mask of the Devil, but they are back again this year, and on April 22nd, they are going to unleash with Whips and Chains, and I have got on the line with us the one and only Stacy Savage. How are we doing, Stacy? Hi, we're doing good. Good. Um, just want to let you uh, clarify that it'll come out in Europe on the 22nd, but it won't be out in the States until May 13th. Good clarification there. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because you, you think they went to that unified date and yet you still got a lot of different uh, labels that do separate releases. So it's kind of kind of messes with you a bit. Yeah. yeah. So this I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, this dropped into my uh, my inbox, and I thought this has been a good month for things out of Kentucky because I've, I just discovered Bourbon Barrel Stout, which is brewed down in Lessington, Kentucky, and now Savage Master. So good stuff, and uh, I got to say that the, the whole Whips and Chains album, just awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I love the Bourbon Barrel Stout myself, too. You like that? <laughs> yeah, and I find that one there, if you let it get... Like if you drink it really, really cold, it's like isn't right, but you have to let it warm up some and then it's yeah. just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, good. I'm glad you like it as well. But uh, this this album I'm definitely getting into. And part of what I really like about it is that I'm, you know, I'm an old school metalhead and having gone through like import bins, you know, back in the, the late 70s, early 80s and getting a lot of those new album albums and the sound and the feel of those albums. And you guys do it so well with your albums as well. And this one is absolutely no exception to give us that really cool new album sound. Thank you. That's exactly what we're going for. Uh, you know, maybe more on the like occult side, but definitely that's like our, our biggest influence is a bunch of new album bands and classic metal bands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really does hit really well. You know, some of my early favorites is, uh, you know, I loved when I had gotten uh, the early Witchfinder General stuff and, and oh, just yeah. it had that sound. But you guys don't have as much of the the real kind of doomy drag to it. You, you know, the songs kind of clip along as well. So it's it's like the best of both worlds where you, you get the, the cool lyrical content and, and, and that type of stuff. But it isn't, you know, it isn't plotting, which is really cool. Yeah, we like to uh, kind of keep it, you know, keep it rolling and, you know, have a good time with it. You know, obviously the, the first one came out in 2014, so it's been a couple years. Is that just been just trying to tour and or, you know, was it trying to just get the right material together? You know, what what's the any particular reason why there was the, such a long gap? Um, well, yeah, we've been touring. Um, it was and it was, a uh, you know, the end of 2014. So we, we toured a lot in support of that album. And then um, we got this together and here we are. <laughs> so you must be really used to comparisons of singers like Betsy Bitch or Leather or uh, or Anne Boleyn. 
yes. Yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> kind of figured. Kind of also figured you would. Acid. Yeah. Uh, now, were they were they an influence at all for you when you were you know starting to listen to music? Yeah, a lot of those bands really were. Um, and to me, like Doro, Pesh, A Warlock is a really big influence also. But um, yeah, we, we love all those bands. You know, looking at this thing, and you've got we got you know ten tracks on here, so it's even even the track count is classic classic metal. You know, you don't have like seventeen songs, which would be ridiculous stuff. But, um, you know, looking at all of this, and of course, singers, I think, always have the hardest time answering this. You know, what's your favorite track right now? Oh, okay. I have two favorites. Uh, Looking for a Sacrifice and Ready to Sin. Those are actually those are really good ones too. Uh, especially, I, I like the just the overall riff on "Looking for a Sacrifice." Definitely a cool yeah. one. And yeah. The other one I, I I like, and I like it too because of the just I don't know the way you vocalize it is "Vengeance is Steel." Oh yeah. And that was actually the one that I looked at that and and I thought, wow, that's a like just that track title and you talk about Doro. That is like a dyed in the wool Doro track title right there. Vengeance is Steel. <laughs> Yeah. This one here, I kind of cherry pick. Like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this one, then this one, and then this one. And that was like the second one that I listened to. I just, I, I just like the title, and uh, yeah, I just, I just like the way your voice goes behind that one, especially the the way that you uh, that you do "Vengeance of Steel." Just really cool stuff. Thank you. So, uh, do you guys have more touring plans coming up? Hopefully for this year, once this thing drops. Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, speaking of Lexington, we're gonna play Lexington this weekend. Nice for Blood of the Wolf Festival. Um, and then April 1st, we're going to play um, in Indianapolis, Indiana, with Grim Reaper and Zephaniah. We're really excited about that. Mm. Um, and then we'll do a uh, New York Death Metal, uh, I mean, NYDM uh, Spring Bash in Wisconsin. Uh, and then we're going to go to Europe. We're going to play Keep It True Festival in Germany. Um, we're going to hit Holland, uh, Austria. And 
happen, we will be oh in Switzerland, and then we'll be coming back to the states for a, a big U.S. tour. Wow, that's kind of refreshing to hear because you know a lot of bands that I do talk to, you know, they have well a date here, a date there, but they're just not really able to get out there and play like everywhere that that they want to. So to hear that you guys have this much stuff on your schedule is, I mean, that's just insanely great. Yeah, we we uh, really like being on the road. And luckily, we get along together enough <laughs> to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think you'll have a great time playing with Zeph and I. They're great guys. We've had them on the show. And uh, I think that'll be a good bill. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And it seems like there's a lot of a lot of good bands just, just around that, you know, where they are, too. Now, as far as, you know, the metal scene in your area, is it, you know, getting bigger? Is it about the same? Like, what's, what's the overall scene like? It, it's starting to grow. I think that there are, like, a couple new bands popping up and... I think that uh, you know, we we try to like bring bands that we're friends with that are you know national acts through, and that I think it helps. I really do. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think also that you know I think there's a huge chunk of people that were listening to metal that I think they got tired of just everything being just like heavy, 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 and and really going back to having bands that have really cool lyrics and have a more approachable sonic spectrum to them and, and really give you something to listen to and are, and are hooky. And so bands like you guys, I think, really fit that bill. Yeah, I do, I do think there's a resurgence of that kind of music right now. Yeah, yeah, which is a good thing. I think just people just yeah. overall, I mean, how many more, you know, drop down to C type of thing can you deal with on an album? It's like, it sounds like the last thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, stuff like this, I mean, you can hear the difference between bands. You get a lot of good variety and it's definitely good stuff. So, you know, in doing this, you know, like, how do you approach the writing? Is it more of a, a band jamming together thing or do you have a bunch of lyrics and you come in and you try to match it up with stuff that they've come up with for riffs or how do you guys go about writing usually? Well, Adam is the main songwriter. Um, so he comes up with the main riffs and everything and kind of the main structure of the song and he, he uh he'll even start on like some of the lyrics he's been he's been writing songs for a long time so it comes really naturally to him and i'm this is my first band i, I it's you know i'm still learning so um i'll kind of finish off the lyrics that, that he started and then we'll go and practice and everybody will kind of you know tweak their parts or like write their own solos and things like that yeah okay so it's it's kind of a kind of a half and half different kind of thing then. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I have to mention the album art. I'm a big album art guy. Coming up on you know, twelve by twelve albums and all that, and, and people should know that you guys are going to have this available in vinyl as well. So you could see this thing in bigger than a you know a four by four square. But the album art on this is pretty cool and really goes back to that, given that whole Nawabum feel too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Chris Moyan did our art. He's done all of our art on our. He did our uh, first album, Mask of the Devil. He did our uh, single, um, and uh, he he did this one. They kind of all fit together. They have like a similar theme, but yeah, I, we're really really happy with the art. Yeah, it's, it's cool, and I think that's also what made me think about Witchfinder General as well is because it, it, they thematically on their album art would always have this type of stuff as well so it's uh, it's like oh yeah this is definitely got a really cool old school feel to it yeah yeah we're we're all into like the like burning witches thing and everything like that it's kind of you know something we can kind of relate to because we we all grew up in the south where everybody's kind of shoving religion down your throat and 
you, you, you're kind of like the outsider because uh-huh. of that. So I, I, we kind of like relate in a weird way to that. We, you know, we like that aesthetic a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know what, though, even up here in the Northeast, it's, it's really no different. They're still the same type of thing, too, that uh, if you're not, like, all, you know, God-loving and everything, people give you crap. So, yeah, yeah. it's the same everywhere, but I still don't care, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you guys to uh, to put this all together? Um, we've been uh, this album. Yeah, we've been working on it since basically since we got back from tour in uh, the end of November. So we've been working since then, um, and just uh, we started playing a couple. We had a couple of songs already, like "Vengeance Is Still" and "With Woods and Chains" that we've been playing with our set, um, but. The majority of the album came after that, after we got back. As far as recording, did you guys do all of this in the studio, or was it some studio, some working at home, or, or uh, you know, everyone's kind of got a different recipe these days to how they do it? We recorded everything in the studio, um, and we just we used the same studio we used before, which was Wax and Tape Studios, and um, so we record the tape and then, you know, try to give it, like, a really good, like... We try to make it sound like how we can play it live. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to go in there and record something that we can't play live or anything yep. like that. So yeah. we try to keep it natural, you know. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question is, you know, in writing all this stuff, did you try a lot of this stuff out live just to see an overall reaction and see if what people were liking and they weren't liking? Um, well, no, uh, I mean, we've tried the, you know, like those songs I said, with some Chains mm-hmm. and Vengeance Still, but I think we were already sure that we were going to put them on the album. It was just more of, you know, introducing the songs rather than, you know, 
deciding if they liked them. I mean, mostly we just played in the practice room, uh, practice all the new songs and learn them and then go to the studio and record them. <laughs> and as far as vocals, did you have any vocal training or was it just something that you went, you know what, damn, I think I can sing and you just went for it? I've always liked to sing. I always sang on my own, but when I was in high school, I did choir for oh. all four years and that really helped. And uh, yeah, I, I sent Adam a sample of my singing when I first met him and uh, I was actually singing a Witchfinder General song and a Jews Priest song. So, And um, he liked it and it was like, this you know kind of music he wanted to do and so you know went from there yeah it's interesting you know with people you know singing a lot of times there's people that will they'll sing along to the radio or whatever and they think wow i'm i'm a kick-ass singer i can do this and then you actually get them a song where they have no reference for where the melody is in in uh you know what notes they should be hitting and all of a sudden they're like oh shit this isn't as easy as it is singing with the radio and that's when you see people fall apart yeah, it, I mean, it is, it's a different thing entirely, I feel like, but um, I don't know, I've always been the other way, like, where I was like, oh, I'm not good at singing, and eventually one day, I think I just was like, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just remember I had a, a buddy of mine that he could do... Um, you know, like remember that that song uh, "Stand Up and Shout" from the Rockstar movie, and he could sing that "Dead Nuts" on with the song, and yeah. we were really needing. Uh, like I wanted to concentrate on guitar with, and I wanted to get another front guy for the band. I'm thinking, oh, I'll have him try out. He's like being able to do all this stuff really great, and yeah. uh, plus he's a huge guy, and it was like this will be good. It'll be it'll look like this massive guy front in the band, be a lot different than you know. Usually we have these like little singer guys, and uh, yeah, he came down. And I, I was like, yeah, guys, you're gonna love it, and we we went to play something. Yeah, and he just like couldn't sing just had no reference point just like total fail it's like oh well all right live and learn yeah yeah it's a well your body's your instrument and if you're nervous at all it can really mess you up and then um it's just you have to be able to hear it in your head yeah yeah so if you don't have a reference you have to kind of make your own i really like the melodies that you put on these songs as well that they make the vocals stand out which is pretty cool and and do you pretty much have most of the, the buy-in to that since you're the one singing it to really come in with what that melody is going to be like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there will be sometimes whenever Adam has like a specific chorus in, in mind where he wants it to sound a certain way. But mm. yeah, normally I just, uh, I kind of just sing it how, how it, it just kind of comes to me mm. naturally when I hear the music. I just kind of sing to it. And yeah. It just comes out. <laughs> well, sometimes I think too that, you know, when, you, when you're working with a singer, and you try to dictate a melody to them, you end up losing because they may come up with something and you're like, damn, I didn't know you could do that. And you find out some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, because they know their own voice and capabilities and what what feels natural to them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, everybody's online these days and that's how everyone talks to everybody, it seems. Uh, As far as people that want to find out more about Savage Master, keep up with your tour dates, all that stuff, where should they be heading on the web? The best thing would be Facebook. Uh, we post every date that we play every on our event page, and we you know make it known anytime we're going to play a show or go on tour, or if we have merch for sale, or you know our CDs and uh, vinyl. That's all there on Facebook. And knowing how much you guys are like trying to concentrate on Europe too, that's pretty good because that seems to be that Twitter hasn't really caught on so much in Europe as as it is in the as in the U.S. So I find out that. Usually about two-thirds of the bands I talk to from Europe, they don't have Twitter at all. 
and they're just like, no, nope, we use Facebook. So it just seems like it hasn't caught on over there. So it's it's good that you've got a a, a big uh, big Facebook presence. Yeah, we do have a Twitter, but I I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm not really good with Twitter. <laughs> I understand Facebook, and I don't know. It takes me a while to catch on to thing, new things on the computer. It seems like. Yeah. But, <laughs> To me, it's like, uh, because we've got all of that stuff going on, but I just got to be like, all right, I'm so tired of Facebook. So I have one of my co-hosts, he does all the Facebook stuff now, and then I just do the Twitter because it's Twitter to me is like really easy. And I'm like, yeah, this is a no-brainer. I mean, it's like I don't want to deal with Facebook at all. So he does that. It's a nice little split. And it works yeah. out. But you're right. I mean, it's it's good that there's different ways of doing it. Yeah. And, and you guys are on a pretty cool label, too. High Roller. You liking them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are. We're main label is... Uh, Skull Records, they're putting out the CDs, but um, we're kind of on this uh, agreement with High Roller to put out the vinyl, and we're really happy about it because um, with Mask of the Devil, we had a hard time getting our vinyl in the States. Um, We had some, but it was limited, and then, you know, then you have to order from Europe, and that's really expensive. Yeah. And so now we have High Roller, and anywhere you can buy High Roller... Um, vinyl, you can buy. You should be able to buy our album with Whips and Chains, which is exactly what we want. Nice, and that's also really, really cool because the sound of that you guys have is something that sounds so much better on vinyl. It just, you know, I listened back to all those other old albums that I've got and they just don't sound the same on CD and you guys are in that same thing where it's like, you're not made for CD. You guys are absolutely positively made for vinyl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and was that a conscious decision on your, on you know, the band's part too to be like, we've got to get ourselves on vinyl or was that just more of a, a label said, hey, we should probably do this? No, we wanted to do that. We, we all like, listen to a lot of vinyl and you know look for I think most of us actually in the band buy vinyl more than CDs or any other media Mm. so um, you know yeah that's definitely a big part of it well that's cool it's it's it is weird to see vinyl you know, resurgence. People were like, oh, there's no way that'll ever happen again. And now it seems like there's so many albums now, especially coming out from like the European labels where they automatically put it out in CD, put it out on vinyl, and then all the cool like limited edition colored vinyls and all that stuff as well. So it's, it is nice that it's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. We really like it. Yeah. 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 It does, it's weird though. It does seem like something that wouldn't have come back because it's so big. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of like when everything starts going to digital, it kind of has this pushback where people want the opposite, which yeah. is kind of the vinyl would probably be the furthest opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's true though, right? I mean, for how many years people were saying, "Oh, they're not they're going to stop pressing CDs. It's all going to be digital and the next thing you know, vinyls everywhere." So it's it's great and it's uh and I never thought about it the way you put it, but I I I think you're right. Yeah. Well, uh I know you guys probably have a very busy day full of interviews. I was glad that I was able to spend at least a little bit of time with you today and let people know all about with whips and chains and uh Looking forward to actually getting some physical vinyl in my hand for this one as well, because having it in my inbox and listening to it digital isn't going to be as good as listening to it on vinyl, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. And especially on vinyl in headphones, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Anyways, again, great talking with you, and anytime you guys have something going on and you'd like to come on Focused on Metal, just let me know and uh, have you guys back on anytime you want. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Stacey, have a good rest of the day and talk to you soon. All right, you too. All right, bye. bye. Big thanks to Stacy for taking a little time out from her drive to give Focus on Metal a call and talk about with whips and chains. And again, 
great stuff there. I, I played you Vengeance and Steel. I played you Looking for a Sacrifice, but oh, there's a lot of other great tracks on there. Dark Light of the Moon's another great one. The title track is great. The whole thing. And, you know, listening back and hearing a couple of those samples I played, can you really hear that Nawabam sound into it as well? Just good stuff. And remember, if you want to get a hold of those guys, you can follow them on Facebook. It is Savage Master 666. And I urge you to do that. Don't be fooled by the music. The people in Savage Master are definitely some really nice down-to-earth folks. So up next, we are going to change gears dramatically and talk with Chris Van, bassist of Outlaws and Moonshine. Hey, this is Chris with Outlaws on Moonshine. We're on Focus on Metal, about ready to do a live interview. Hope you like it. So if you hear a little bit of a country twang in that ID, you are correct. These guys build themselves as new Southern rock. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying to yourselves, why is a Southern rock band on Focus on Metal? And that is a good question, my friends, but uh, this band has more to it than just Southern rock. It's kind of like if Molly Hatchett went and had a bastard child with Pantera. And what's pretty damn unique about this band is they're equally at home with country artists as they are with metal artists. And from what I'm told, both audiences really dig these guys. And if you keep up with things going on in the press about these guys, these guys are definitely on all kinds of different metal radio shows all over the place. So I thought... Hey, we might as well get them on Focus on Metal as well. So their PR guy got a hold of me and uh, said, yeah, Chris would love to come on talk about their brand new release called Whiskey, as well as all other things going on with Outlaws and Moonshine. And I'm going to roll that conversation for you right now. So once again, another great band has landed in our lap, goes by the name of Outlaws and Moonshine. And I am on the phone with Chris. How are we doing tonight, man? What's up? What's up? We're all right. How you doing, man? All right. And uh, I guess you guys have been around for a couple years now. We have. We have. We've. Uh, we, we formed. We formed together. Like I said, probably a couple of years ago or so. It's my brother and I formed the band, and um, you know, we kind of looked and looked, and and probably like most bands had a, had a lot of different members, and or I don't know if members is the correct word. <laughs> we had a lot of a lot of different guys that we jammed with and played with, and um, we finally found um, the other two uh, the 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 other two members that are solid guys and are um, you know working well. Actually, they were. They were very longtime friends of ours. We we knew these guys through the kind of the whole process, and um, so we, yeah, we, you know what, we brought these guys into the into the into the equation after the fact, and it's worked out real well. Nice. Sometimes it does work out well that way. You know, I've I've done that too with bands where you're going through people, and all of a sudden you turn around and there's like somebody that's been hanging around, being your tech, or just hanging around and practice <laughs> and stuff, and you're like, dude. You should play bass, and it's like holy shit, it worked out better than anyone that auditioned. So, uh, yeah. right, it's like why? Yeah, these guys, these guys were around, and we played in bands with these guys since we were kids. You know, um, not really sure. It's like you said, it's kind of like you know, we're searching and we're going through this guy, we're jamming with this guy, and then all of a sudden it's like, um, Eric, why are you not jamming with us? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but you know how it is. Like they're in another band, or they're in this, or they're at that. Uh, just all at once, it's, it, things all work out for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eric, our drummer, um, he was in a few other bands, and we were going through a couple few different guys, and um, it just so happened he got out of his band, and we, uh, you know, we was looking for a drummer, and, and we kind of called him up, like, hey, dude, you want to come out and jam? It was really kind of nothing. Um, it really wasn't anything overly, hey, let's come out and jam, and um, instantly he came out and knew like three or four of our songs, and we were like, hey, this is all right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then our guitar player, Mike Backey, um, again, long-time, long-time friend, and he'd been to numerous of our shows. And the same way, he was playing, actually, in another band, and he actually still played in that band for a little bit uh, while he originally jammed with us. And we kind of did the similar. We were thinking about adding a second guitar player, 
<clears throat> because my brother plays uh, lead guitar and, and lead vocals. And um, we were we were kind of just like, okay, you know, because he was kind of wanting to back off of, you know, doing all the guitar and try to focus a little bit more on his vocals. And we kind of just asked the same way, asked Mike to come out just to, um, you know, j- just to kind of jam and see what happens. And it was just like, okay. Hey, this is a, you know, this, this is kind of all right. Yeah, it was kind of messed up. I'm I'm looking at the guys in the band, and I see Mike back, and I'm like, wait a minute, I got to go see a picture of this band because there was a <laughs> there was a dude that I used to do work with, but he was kind of more like a singer songwriter guy that would do pubs, and I'm thinking, there's no friggin' way that Mike back is, is playing in Outlaws and Moonshine. I look at the picture, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that dude. But it, yeah, for it messed me up for a good five minutes, thinking, how the hell did this one work? <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's yeah, he's a different Mike Mag, but yeah, it's a, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's 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 an awesome lineup, and we're real proud of it. Yeah, well, that's that's cool because you know a lot of times too, even with bands, even if you like know the dude for a long time, sometimes it's not even like the right chemistry to work with you. You know, I've had plenty of friends that play, and you got to try to get them in the band, and it's like. Oh yeah, that's right. We can drink together, but we try to play together. And we're total assholes to each other. It doesn't work, you know. It, it, it really is. Like I said, we had we, we we went through a lot of people, and it was like you said, a lot of really good friends, a lot of okay friends, a lot of not friends at all, just kind of guys. That the chemistry was just never ever there. And then these guys came out, and the chemistry was just kind of. It, it was funny. It was like we left rehearsal, we were all laughing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were, Instead of like holding your head, like what just happened? <laughs> you know, yeah. We 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 all we all left and we were all laughing and joking. And um, it's ever since then. It's been a you know. It's we we have been together. The four of us, <laughs> the four of us have been together for probably oh I would say coming up on a year. Okay. Um, so it's it's yeah it's been it's been real real good. Now it's kind of interesting that you guys put your uh, like your own genre right out there, which is very cool. Being new Southern rock, and I like that because it made me go back. You know, you listen and you think, oh, okay, well, you know, how does this all fit in? And then I go back and I'm thinking about like, remember when like the Molly Hatchet album came out? And, you know, I was sitting right. there thinking like, shit, this is heavy. Then I listen to you guys and I'm going, all right, I get where they're coming from. You you mixing some of that, a little bit of Texas Hippie Coalition, some Pantera. It's like all blending. In. In there, I'm like, all right, I got this, dude. We 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 play with a lot, a lot of different genres. Mm. Um, you know, we've played with um, David Allen Coe. Yeah, you know, uh, we've played with um, Colt or uh, Colt uh, Colt Ford, mm. uh, which is obviously that's country stuff. Yeah, we love country. You know, um, we've played with L.A. Guns. We've played with Slaughter, Kip Winger. <laughs> you know, uh, we and um, this matter of fact, Friday we this Friday we play with Jackal. Um, I mean, so this summer we're hoping to do, uh, we, we, we've got some stuff. It's not confirmed, but we're hoping to do a, a Florida Georgia line mm. uh, show. So, you know, and like you said, um, we try to, we, you know what? I, I, I shouldn't say we try to do anything. We try to do what we really enjoy, which Southern rock is really, um, it is really where we're, you know, where we try to stay, mm-hmm. but maybe some, some sort of a modern day Southern yeah. rock, if you want to say. Um, and kind of what comes out is what my brother's the songwriter of the band. And, um, I, I just love his, you know, I, I love his songwriting and not just because he's my brother, just because I love it. Mm. You know, every time he brings out a new song, I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. That's awesome. That's a, and it's just like you said, it's, um, we feel like we can probably play with anybody. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't think there's, um, you know, if we had to play with Metallica, I think we could. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if if we if we could play with, you know, uh, you know, Florida Georgia Line, oh, we can. We, I, I feel like our music kind of 
we get kind of heavier at some points. We get very melodic. We get kind of country. We get kind of southern rock. We get, you know, we mm. we get a little bit of everything. Yeah, and and definitely, I mean, Hetfield would absolutely love your stuff because he's he likes this kind of thing, anyways. <laughs> but I think part of the thing that works is that you've got a groove to all your songs. So so no matter what, people go. They're going to listen to live music. They they want to have fun. They want to shake their ass and. Your music has the groove that connects with people, and I think that's probably why you're able to go with anybody. Man, you know what? We played a show last at the end of last summer, or to more towards fall, and we played with David Allen Coe at a big uh, place called Eight Seconds Saloon here in Indianapolis. And it's got a huge, great big dance floor in the middle. It's a country line dancing place. Mm. And we busted out playing, and they were country line dancing to our music. And I was like, this <laughs> is awesome. Man, that, you know, and that... That was just amazing because we're thinking we played with um, Slaughter and they're banging their heads to our stuff. And now we're playing to a country music crowd and they're lying dancing to our stuff. Man, this, we have we have done what we set out to do. Very cool. And I'm, I'm sure that, yeah. that when uh, when, when uh, DAC did, did that show that he definitely didn't play any of those songs from those first couple of albums that he doesn't like to mention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I... I like his stuff. <laughs> I'm a huge David Allen Coe fan, man. So I was very, I, I was, I was, in, I'm not going to lie, I was in front row like I was an 18 year old girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I, I love his material. I, I, I'd like, I'd tour with him if we could go on tour with him. Yeah, yeah. We just, I can just remember, you know, I, you know, this is like back in the '80s, and we'd be going on a road trip, and that's one of the things we always would have the, the, the those early David Allen Coe's with with the uh, the definitely all X-rated songs, and we knew like oh. every last word of it, and those were definitely uh, great road trip songs. Oh, awesome! Yeah, he's he's a he's a man. I, I I'm a I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that, you know, some people, you you go and you, you play that, and they're like, this is David Allen Coe. It's like, yeah, it's David Allen Coe. I'm like, oh, not what I'm used to. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it is, like I said, I, I think that's probably why you guys fit so well, is that you just, you have that connection. And, and even, you know, when I started playing it, and, you know, you pop on whiskey, and the next thing you know, my head's bobbing. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is cool. It's just, it's got that groove. It's got a nice little crunchy guitar going on. And it just right. fits everything. Right, right. Strong one, I 
drinking whiskey, screaming hell yeah, man I really love that stuff, yeah, drinking whiskey, screaming hell yeah, man I can't get enough, yeah, drinking whiskey, screaming hell yeah, man I really love that stuff, yeah, drinking whiskey, screaming hell how long has your brother been playing? Oh, my God. He started playing when we was kids. Mm. You know, he started playing. God, man, I was, um, you know, probably, you know, about as long as we could walk. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he, he, you know, seriously, he had a guitar when we were kids, man. When we were, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, he he was banging around on something, whether it was a set of drums or or, 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 or pots and pans or or something to make some kind of, uh, you know, something to make some kind of music. Mm. Um, I think he started getting serious more towards the um, sixth, seventh grade, um, you know, something like that. And But I remember him writing songs when he was in junior high. Yeah. Um, so that he's always been a songwriter, uh, just an awesome, amazing songwriter. I mean, he's, he has hooks out of this world. And that's, that's what I liked about our material is they, you know, I feel like all our songs have good hooks. Mm-hmm. And um, we laugh, we say, don't bore us, get to the chorus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you you know is like I said his his songwriting's amazing um so it's a it's i'm blessed to be in a band with my brother and 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 such great music so yeah so it sounds like he was the one that got you enticed into it just you probably yeah. focusing and going shit i want to do that too i enticed him actually oh okay <laughs> he, uh, you, you know he's like i said he was playing long before me and then i kind of followed a little bit in his footsteps and um at, at one time he kind of set it down and and kind of, uh, you know, um, kind of moved on and just, you know, he, um, he kind of moved on in his career as far as, a, you know, as far as a job and kids and, and that kind of stuff. And he just, he set it to the side and um, I kind of came back and was like, you know, round 10, I'm ready, you know, and um, he, you know, he was, and I just bugged him and bugged him and bugged him. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, come on, man, come on, come on. And then I started saying, well, how about this? How about you just write songs for me? And I start my own band. I knew good and well what was going to happen. I was like, why don't you just write songs for me? I start my own band, and, and, I, and I'll have the songs. And he was like, I ain't writing a damn song for you. I'll write them, and we'll play. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, I knew that was what was going to happen come along. So it was, uh, it, it was you know, it, it was nice. It was nice to see him out of the you know, um, back into it and doing what he enjoys and, and, and very good at it. Yeah. Well, I can understand. I mean, I did the same thing for a while with kids and stuff and I was like, all right, I just, I, I can't play out right now. I got too much stuff going on. And then, yeah, right. after a while, people that I play with started going, come on, can you come front to band? Can you go do this? We need this crunchy thing. Can you do it? And I was like, ah, all right, fine. I'll, I'll go and do it. But yeah, you know, it was good. It was good. Life, life happens. Kids happen, you know, <laughs> you got it. You got it. So one thing I noticed, you know, you guys did this as an EP. Was it just an intent to like, let's get a few songs out there and, and kind of put you know, something? It, 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 it kind of was, um, we were, we were, we were torn. Um, truthfully, we was real torn on, do we, do we release an EP? Do we release a full length? Um, and so we went out to, uh, we went out to New York and, uh, Vic is the guy where we record at at Red V, Red v Studios, which is in New York, man. It's, he's an awesome guy, man. We we went out there, and um, we just, I don't know, we just kind of took it a little bit at a time, and um, the songs were flowing good. They were going good, and 
we talked to our label and he was like, you know what? Record four or five songs and, you know, it's towards the end of the year and let's see how they go. And if all goes well, first of the year, let's go back and, you know, release five more mm. and we'll make it a full length. So that was kind of the way there really wasn't any real rhyme or reason for why we did it. We kind of just went there and, and then we actually kind of decided why we was there at the studio. Hey, you know, it's, it's kind of end of the year. How's things going? They're going good. Okay. Bust out five songs. See, see the reaction you guys get. And, um, if, if all is well, then we'll go back and record five more. So, mm, okay. Yeah, I know there's some bands that they really like to just do EPs, and there's other bands that are doing what you're doing and put a few out there. So yeah, I just kind of wondered where you know which side of the fence you guys were on with it. Yeah, we we you know we was kind of testing the waters, I guess, a little bit and just torn, like you said. We were you know kind of tennis matching back and forth. Do we do we do a you know ten song, which we really really wanted to do at the flip. Then we're like, okay, we're we're kind of a little bit different. You know, our our mm. style is a little bit different. Our music's a little bit different. So. Let's see how you know. Let's see how the the general public and uh, likes us. Right. So, looking back now, of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish we recorded all this, <laughs> but you know, we we we've got we've got the other you know five six songs that that we do in our set. Plus, we've got another you know five six brand new ones that we kind of want to record. So, of course, now we're in a real dilemma. Do we, do we kind of just throw the five song EP and put it to the side and go and record five you know ten brand new ones or you know what do we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you, yeah, you keep writing stuff, and and you think you've got all right. These are the ten we're going to do, and then you write this other thing, and everyone's going, shit, we got to record that one instead. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right, I, right. I know I've had that with with one album that we did, and and I don't know, I just I came up with the song one day, and for some reason everybody freaking loved it, and they were like, screw it, that one's got to go on the album, and we went in, and I knew like there's no way we we never played it out. And we just hadn't even like really sussed it out at all. But they were like, "We got to play it. We got to play it." Went in there, and of course, when all was said and done, I'm like, "See, it kind of sucks, doesn't it?" Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. That was right a waste on. of money. So yeah, <laughs> right on. But uh, yeah, you know, it's you know, you, you learn on it. But I think it is cool though. You you know, you get five. You, you see how everybody works in the studio as well. Get a good feeling right. for that because it's always different. Exactly. You know, and and you hit it dead on the head. That's you know. All of us had never been in the studio together, mm. um, you know, as this band. So, like you said, it was kind of a, we went there really with no real expectations and with no real, hey, it's going to turn out, you know, a certain way or we're going to, you know. So, we we went in there and um, after we got there, it seemed to go well. And, yeah, that's what that's what we decided to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's always, a, for some people, a real different beast. I, you know, I, I remember this guitar player we had in the band. The guy was just unbelievable, like draws would drop kind of thing. And live, no problem. Rehearsals, no problem. Got in the studio, and he just couldn't play. We literally had right. like, he's like laying on the floor, lights out, and then finally got him to be able to play. And it's like, wow, oh, shit, we don't want to do this again. Like, this sucks. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, as, far as, as far as live, I mean, definitely it sounds like you guys are doing uh, – a lot of different shows around the area. Do you do like any kind of touring or you just pick up shows as they come through? Uh, what's kind of what's your touring you, schedule? You know, right now it's a whole lot of one-offs. <clears throat> um, you know, that's, we, we would, we would love to do some touring. Um, you know, I guess we're just kind of looking for the right, you know, for the, for the right scenario. Yeah. If, if you want to say, um, we always kind of like to say we're kind of a make sense kind of band. Um, and, and you know, it's a, we do a whole lot of one-offs, you know, it's, um, and, and we're not opposed to, you know, hooking up the, hooking up the SUV in, a, in, a, in our trailer and following a band around for a couple of few shows and, and, and to, you know, and just trying to get a little bit of exposure. But, 
like what's said Friday we're Friday we're with Jackal hmm. about forty five minutes um east of here in Indianapolis, and then um we come back and then we got a couple little you know a couple little onesies just just different places kind of local small small things and then um I think it's in May. I don't want to tell you wrong, but I think it's in the latter part of May where we're with Brett Michaels. So that's a, you know, that's really going to be a fun, you know, that's going to be a fun show for us too. Mm. Um, then when that's over, we got a, um, there's some biker kind of um, rallies, if you want to say. Sure. Um, I think, I think over in Illinois, over in Ohio. So, you know, we'll probably get those in. In the meantime, it, it would be awesome if we could find a, you know, if we could find a, um, you know, a short run or a tour or something that we could hop on and, you know, and, and get out there and just get a, a lot more exposure. Well, I mean, at least like the Brett Michaels gig, that'll be good. That won't be a sausage fest. You get women moving. That's always a good gig to play. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's going to be a great gig you could play. We're, <laughs> we're pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty pumped up and excited about that. That should be a, should be a good time. And by no means, like you said, should it be any kind of sausage fest. So, yeah, that's uh, right. You know, <laughs> and, and, and also bring, bring, I like, but you know, biker stuff is always always a freaking great thing to play like good good reaction and those, and, and those are awesome we did the easy rider rodeo tour last year and um man that was a fun that was when we played with colt ford it's yeah. funny we played with colt ford one night and we played with drowning pool like the next night and uh but it was such a good time man it was just a big it was a big biker rally you know but it was a it was an awesome time and we went there and had a good time and and played and it kind of goes back to that thing we could you know, we can play with a country band one night. We can play with a rock and roll band the next night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and and we did, and and that was a you know, like you said, those those bike rallies were awesome. We we had a good time. We we drank we drank some beer and <laughs> <laughs> seen a lot of seen a lot of hot women running around. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, they're always fun. I, I remember one. Uh, uh, we were playing. There was this this uh, place that was opening and. They, they had moved to a new new location. They had a huge, huge biker fall when it was a big opening night, and the band that was supposed to play got in a bus accident, so they couldn't play. So I got the phone call in the afternoon. Can you guys come and open? You know, open the open the the place. I'm like, all right, sure. And uh, we go up, and it's just all bikers. You know, great people. But of course, there was a couple of them that just got really, really, really wasted. And one of them, it was his girlfriend's birthday. And all they wanted to play here was some kind of wonderful. And it was like it was like that scene from Blues Brothers. We'd play it, and he'd come back up, and he'd be like, "Play it again." Like, okay. <laughs> and we, we must have played the thing about five times. And and at the end, like when he finally had enough, we had to do a little bit of theme from Rawhide. Then we went into another song. But yeah, right. but those are always great gigs. Yeah, that's great, man. That that's awesome stuff, man. It's awesome stuff.
you know, it looks like you guys have a, a pretty damn good uh, presence on the web. You got websites going. You got all kinds of stuff going. Why don't you throw out some uh, some locations for people? We we really do, man, and we're trying. We got you know we got our Facebook, uh, which is you know just your outlawsandmoonshine dot com. Um, so you can find us on there. Uh, Twitter, we try to keep it simple, stupid as we call us. <laughs> uh, Twitter's the same thing. It's just you know it's just there. Outlaws and moonshine is where we are there. Um, our only difference is because why I don't know. Um, on our Instagram, it's outlaws then the um, under what is it the underscore moonshine. Um, so yeah, so we're, you know, we're, we're trying to build up our followers on there and, um, trying to, you know, trying to, we're, we're kind of trying to attack that and, and, and all the social media and get, um, you know, just, just, just trying to get all the exposure everywhere we can and just be heard all over the place. Yeah. And you got a good looking website too. And, uh, you know, folks should know that you know, on there, you can get the single whiskey, you know, digital download, or you can get the you 1919 can. EP either way. Yep, awesome, awesome. So that's uh, that's good stuff, and I always encourage people like get the physical product. I'm surprised you guys didn't do the <laughs> other option of uh, of doing the uh, the 1919 with the old autographs thrown on as well. That always usually goes well for bands. <laughs> We're trying everything, man. Anything that works, we're down for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always. I don't know. I always find that one's a good one that it works for bands that they throw that option up of yeah, well, I'll. Well, I'll throw the John Hancock on it and send it out, and it seems like it moves more product for folks. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's a good one. Yeah, you know, and we're trying. You know, we we've got a not that this is a big. You know, we're we're actually we're we're moving a whole lot of shirts. Believe mm. it or not, um, we seem to, and it seems like an Instagram since we've got on that Instagram, and uh, we we're getting a lot, a lot of. I mean, I bet probably every other day we got people that send us requests to send them uh, to send them T-shirts and tanks and tanks and whatnot so nice. you know i mean it's awesome we've showed up at a you know we showed up at the show and all of a sudden these people have our shirts on that we don't even know who these people are and we're <laughs> thinking man that's you know that that's that's an awesome feeling it really really is it's, it's humbling for us because we all we, we try to think we're kind of a humble kind of band man we just uh you know we, we're we're blessed to get out and play and, and when people clap and scream and and holler, we think we're doing something right. And especially if they're if they're wearing our shirt and they're hollering, screaming, we don't know. We're thinking, man, this is a this is an awesome feeling. Yeah. Well, the thing too is that I mean, you guys have a great logo. I mean, that is ready made for merch. It's just a really, really awesome logo. You're right. It is. It is. Our record labels. Um, he's he's done a real good job with all that stuff. So we got to give him all the credit for that. So he's he he's done a good job with our website. He's done a good job with our you know, all of our artwork and everything. So it's, um, you know, we've, it's, it's been, it's been, a, it was a pretty good ride for 15 and we're hoping, uh, um, even better for 2016. So. Yeah. I mean, definitely that was one of the things when I first saw that logo, I was like, Oh, this thing is ready made to go on merch and people would buy it and like, not even know the band, just be like, shit, that looks cool. And it's like for you guys, Hey, as long as people have seen the name, Gets it out there, so uh, yeah. Just I just thought, holy crap! That's just, like I kind of jealous about that. Like that just looks too and, good. And, and you know, maybe that's why they're you know maybe that's why they're still on our shirts and stuff. Maybe it's the logo. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, we're glad. Yeah, hey, that's it. Whatever the you know, there is no no bad publicity. So uh, definitely, no, there's really not. There's really not. So we're like I said, we're 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 pretty glad to be where we are right now. Yeah. Very cool. You know, before I let you go, I always kind of like, this is always the hardest question on every and anyone that I ever do. So so on the EP, what's their favorite track right now? Oh, gosh. You know what? Well, I, I don't know why I had a feeling this was coming, is it? <laughs> and, you know, but I guess coming from the brother of the songwriter, I can, I can, I can pick one. <laughs> um, 
I would probably, it's it, my personal is a toss between whiskey and hay, y'all. Mm. Um, and I'd, ha- I'd probably have to say it depends on whether I'm listening to it versus I'm playing it live. Yeah. Uh, listening, I'd probably have to say I'm going to have to stick with whiskey. Uh-huh. Um, and because it's probably one of our first ones as a band and I love it and seems like it's a great hook and it gets people hollering, screaming. But um, live, hey, y'all, my, hey, y'all's probably my favorite to play because it just, it just throws people, you know, it gets people dancing and, uh, stomping their, you know, stomping their boots and, and throwing their arms in the air. So that's, uh, <clears throat> I guess that would have to be my answer. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a duel. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll tell you though, th- you are the first person in five years of doing this that ever did it that way. I've had one that was live and one that was, you know, listening, and they totally make sense exactly for your explanation, but. <clears throat> Damn, that's like that's that's a new one on me, but uh, I, I like it. <laughs> oh my god, I hope I hope it was an all right answer. It was just the truth. <laughs> no, no, that, hey, that's always the best answer. Usually, unless the question is, "Does my ass look fat in this?" Then there's never a good answer for that one. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You know. All right, man. Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm super glad you were able to uh, break away a little bit tonight and uh, and be able to talk to us. We're more than happy to get the word out on Outlaws and Moonshine, and of course. You got new stuff coming down the pike. I'd love to let uh, everyone know about it. So uh, please keep us in the loop with everything that you guys are up to. Awesome. Hey, thank you very much for having us, man. We're, we're, we're greatly appreciative. We're humbled that you even uh, let us let us kind of get on here. Thank you for uh, spreading the word. We appreciate it. All right. No problem, man. Have a good rest of the night and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank All you very right. much. Later. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. There you go, Chris Van from Outlaws and Moonshine. And as Chris mentioned, you can get a hold of them at outlawsandmoonshine.com. So as you heard, a little bit different than normally what we have here on Focus on Metal, but you can certainly see where they appeal to both the fans of country and the fans of metal. Definitely some smart guys in that band, but they're also making the music they want to make, and that's also equally just as important. So one thing that binds the first guest on the show this week and the last guest on the show this week is the amount of editing to get the interviews up to an arable format. So obviously you heard when I was talking to Stacy, she was driving in the car. So I had to edit out all the road noise that was in there as best I could to just kind of make the whole thing sound good. And then in talking to Jesse Kill, these these guys just really weren't very used to, uh, to doing a lot of interviews yet. So we're really kind of a different interview. And I know when I got off the phone with them, I was thinking, wow, how am I going to get this all together, get this into shape? and make it an arable interview. But then actually in editing it, even though there was a lot of work and getting it all to sound good and all of that, end of the day, I was like, you know what? This is actually a pretty cool interview. And it's just kind of a real a glimpse into a young band and all their influences. And it, I don't know, for me, kind of made a way of binding a lot of common metal influences into a band. So this one's definitely a different interview than what we normally do on Focus on Metal. And this is uh, very interesting, having the whole band on the phone and going through each one of them, talking about their influences, how they came up into metal, how they know each other and stuff. And it's it's almost kind of turning our normal thing on its head. Normally, we talk about this stuff with guys like Jeff Pilsen or Ty Tabor. Guys have been around a long time. Never really talk this way to a band who's just pretty much brand new, up and coming. So a real different take for me. But at the end of the day, after you know doing the whole thing, editing it all up and putting it all together, I thought, you know what? This actually came out pretty cool. So these guys hail from San Antonio, Texas, and they've been doing this for a few years now. 
couple of member changes and all that, but to slowly building up a fan base. They've been able to go out and tour with a, a lot of different people. They've appeared with the Dio Disciples, with Crocus, with Jakey Lee, Faster Pussycat, even Symphony X. Just a lot of different people they've played with. So just a pretty cool band coming up. And this year they put out their EP called Metal Knights. As I talked to Jesse and everybody else in the band, you know, just really discussing Metal Knights and the number of songs on it and the variation and all the stuff that's on there as well. And I think it gives you a pretty good overview of the band itself. So I think these guys have a lot to offer. I'm looking forward to seeing what they come out with in the future. In the meantime, you know, we'll, we'll play the interview, play some songs by these guys. And if you're getting into them, you want to find out more about them, you can go to uh, Jesse Kill Official, which is J-E-S-S-I-K-I-L-L official.com or also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jessakill official. So good stuff. Hope you guys enjoy this one. And I also hope you enjoy the great tunes that these guys came up with as well. So I'm going to start it off with a track off of Metal Knights. Dive right into the interview with Jessakill and everybody else in the band. You're listening in to Focus on Metal, and this is Jessakill, and the whole gang is here. seems like i have got a steady stream of bands from texas lately and uh once again uh this streak continues on as i have got on jesse kill i've got in fact the whole band on tonight and of course these guys hail from uh from san antonio texas so again keeping up that tessex tessex uh i can talk tonight texex uh holy crap i can't even say texas anymore uh the whole streak and uh so i've got everybody here tonight how we doing tonight guys great very good Awesome. Very good. So, you know, obviously the new uh, EP there, Metal Knights, is pretty kick-ass. Of course, I'd I have to ask the first question, which is why just an EP? Well, uh, it's kind of, it was kind of experimental with, of course, every, everything on there we enjoy playing. We love uh, the direction that we took. Um, well, how can I put this? We decided that we were just going to let release an EP because we want to release, secondly, a full-length album. Uh, the EP was because we were kind of going through uh, different members of the band at the time, mm. and we wanted to have like a, a full established band. 
in order to release a full length album. Um, a couple songs on there I wrote years ago and uh, a song on there I think I wrote uh, years ago also. Um, we just basically combined our our uh, musical um, abilities and and uh, pretty much influences to create this EP. And uh, with the help of Jairo Lejo, he pretty much turned our songs into masterpieces. Aha. Okay, well, that yeah. explains that. Because, yeah, I'm just kind of like, I'm getting into it, and I'm like, holy crap, it's only six tracks, and I'm done. And, and even the first track is only about a minute-long thing. So I was just like, oh, I'm just feel like I want to have more so uh, it definitely yeah. gives everybody something to look forward to though yeah that's kind of that's kind of another thing we, we don't want to give it all away all at once we want people to get to experience each song without being without any songs being overshadowed by other songs mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of times um, bands come out with great great music and people only hear certain songs the catch but we want everybody to enjoy each song individually rather than giving them everything all at once it's too much to chew Sure. No, and and that is something too. You know, when you look at these songs on here, that each one is really different in and of itself. So you've got a couple of slow songs. You've got something that's more symphonic, something that's straight ahead. So definitely is not. There's not a lot of sameness on here. So people can really enjoy each song individually. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you guys been around doing this? Um, well, all of us have been kind of at music since since we were kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dairo, Alan, and uh, and Rafael, they're from L.A., actually. And uh, um, Arturo, where are you from, Arturo? Corpus Christi? He's from Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, Joey, where are you from? San Antonio. San, me and Joey are from San Antonio. We're Hellions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we all come from different parts. Uh, and uh, we all share the same passion. Mm-hmm. But we've all been we've all been at it since we were kids, uh, different ages, of course. I've been at it since I was born, pretty much. Jaro, uh, do you want to hear a little bit from them about when they started? Yeah, that would be very cool. Uh, Jaro, get over here. Yeah, hoi, hoi. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, how's it going, dude? All right. This is Jaro on the phone. Awesome. So how long have you been doing lead guitar, my friend? Lead guitar? Oh, okay. Um, well, I didn't even know. I just walked into the room, so I didn't know what <laughs> the conversation was. <laughs> welcome uh, welcome to playing. your own private hell. You're thrown into this whole deal. <laughs> okay, well, I've been playing since I was 11. Nice. Um, um, I was introduced to the guitar by my older brother, mm-hmm. one of my cousins. And the first band I started listening to was Metallica. Uh-huh. And Slayer, Iron Maiden, and Ozzy Osbourne. And that's what got me into playing music. I just love the way the guitar sounded. I just wanted to learn how to play. I wanted to learn how to do riffs. I wanted to learn how to make the guitar scream. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, and then eventually, like, actually the same year I started playing guitar, I met Alan, which is the drum that we have now, mm. and um, we, we I eventually joined a band with him and my older brother and my cousin, and it was called Force of Genocide, and we were doing that band for a few years, and eventually we relocated to San Antonio in 2008. Nice, nice. And, um, yeah, and eventually that band broke up due to drugs and alcohol. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, they're laughing at me. They think it's a joke. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, eventually um, the band broke up. and I went through a couple of other projects and I met, met Jessica and I joined her band. And then we, I reunited. I, I, um, I, I got Alan into the band. Recruited. Sorry, reunited. Yeah, I recruited Alan. Yeah. And um, Rafael Yamas, the keyboardist we just got now, he was in Force of Genocide uh, back in 2010. And he moved 
to LA for a few years and now he's back and ready to rock again. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, so like everything kind of took its crazy turn, but we all ended up in the same place again with more hunger for success. Yeah. Yeah. Now if, look, judging from your influences, I can definitely see that you are going to be one of those guitarists that really loves just crank that stack and just hit that E chord and just let it ring to your ball shake kind of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that like the best damn feeling or what? Yes, it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> been been there many times, my friend. So good good stuff. Obviously great influences to uh to start off with, but I can also tell from the songs that are on here and some of your playing style you've listened to a whole lot of other people since then. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I listen to everything from uh, 80s metal, um, 70s rock, power metal. Uh, a little bit of black metal, not so much black metal, but mm-hmm. metal and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, very cool. So uh, let me pass you to the next member. So cool. Tell you about the cool. Joey, when, did you, when did you start playing, Joey? Oh, I I started when I was 11. <laughs> oh, man, it's a whole 11 club here. How you doing, man? <laughs> what was that? So this is like the whole 11 club here, you know, two people starting at 11. I, I feel like I did it wrong because I didn't start till I was 14. <laughs> I know a lot of people that started at that age. Yeah, I started at the same age as uh, Jai Reno. Cool. And, and uh, what kind of influences did, did you have? About the same kind of uh, stuff? Uh, no, not at all, actually. It was, uh, I don't know if you've seen Yngwie with the Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that DVD. I watched that all the time when I was in elementary school, and then I, got, I, I just decided to ask my dad how to play. But she plays too. Uh-huh. But that was the main, my biggest influence was that DVD with Ingve and some harmonic orchestra. Nice. Yeah, now def- definitely a great player. Now, have you been able to see Ingve live at all? Ingve, yes, of course. Nice. <laughs> I met him. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely an incredible performer live. The only thing is, uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I always feel like he's got the treble tweaked up just a little bit too much on his on his amps. It's like, Ingve, just go a little bit more for the mids, buddy. But, uh, but definitely an insane player. I don't know. It's it's a matter of how people set up their guitars. People set up their guitars at certain frequencies so they can get past through, uh, get past all over basically all the instruments all together. Yeah, yeah. A couple times when I've seen him, it's just been just absolutely piercing. And then other times, yeah. it's, it's much more balanced. But but then again, I mean, you go to an Ingve show to see over the top playing, so it's kind of to be expected. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Who else we got up next? Uh, awesome. Bring them on. Our latest addition to the Metal Night. Cool. Uh, hello. Uh, hi, my name is Rafael. Hey, how we doing, man? Uh, good, great, actually. Just getting used to um, being back in San Antonio. I took off about like three, about four years ago. Uh-huh. So it's the first time I'm back here for the week, getting used to it again. Kind of way different from California, but <laughs> gotta get <used> to it. <laughs> not as laid back, right? Yeah, it's it's more laid back over here. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, very cool. And uh, so, and you're doing uh, you're doing boards, right? Yeah, I'm playing keyboards now for yeah. the. For Do you always feel like you're like the the one person people look at and been like, hey, how come you get a keyboard player, man? Uh, well, we were really rare. And, like, there's so many keyboardists, so I get like some people are like always. I hear bands trying to find keyboardists, and just I don't know, nobody play that instrument anymore that much yeah or, or or knows how to do it really well in bands i know in, in all the bands i'd ever had i had like one keyboard player who was just insanely great at it and then i had a whole selection of people that basically sucked at it yeah pretty, i'm pretty sure like they just ruined the sound they didn't know what they were doing and they were just drowning everything out right it's more like they were approaching it like a piano player and like not knowing how to do like a pad on a song and and or how to balance themselves off against the band and stuff because you know you have to have that person that knows 
it's it's like being a, like a good bass player. You know, you have to know when to play and when not to play and how much to play and all that. And and I think you know keyboards also, especially played right, are another glue that holds the whole thing together. And when you have a really good one, you, you you're just freaking know it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's always checking it. Like I'm familiar with bands, so I know when to balance myself out. I know when to be a little lower, when to be a little louder, when to play something simple, when to go all out. It's yeah. all about just knowing the time and working with the whole band because. It's not it's not a one man band, it's a whole group, it's the whole like you work as a unit to create that sound. Yeah. yeah. So influences for you. Was it primarily other keyboard players? Were you influenced by guitar players? Um, you know, kinda of what fed into into what you play? Uh actually growing up, uh all through um my childhood I would I grew up with my grandparents and they would always be playing classical music and my grandpa was a huge fan of the piano. He actually tried teaching me when I was younger, but for some reason I never got to it till like I was sixteen. And um, I was I was really into classical music, but I started like, growing more into uh, liking metal. Mm-hmm. And so I like classical music and metal. So I always figured like I want I like classical music, but I want to be playing in a band. And I started hearing the bands that had keyboardists, and I never heard of these bands like um, bands like Children of Bodom, Northern, uh, Kalma, um, Dio, all those kind of bands that like they, they incorporated keyboards that right. in ways that I didn't see before. So I started picking it up. I ended up learning it quick, and from there. You know. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's, it's very interesting that you know the the first couple bands you mentioned; those are bands that are definitely have a lot of classical influence. Even, I mean, even Children of Bottom are, are definitely have that. You can hear some of that classical stuff that they've listened to early in their lives. It's it's in those songs. So it's uh, and I think for a keyboard player, that's definitely uh, uh, a good basis to start from because you have all of those instruments. You can get that all in your brain, wrap it around, and spit it out behind a band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why? So I got really got into them because they're, they're classical. So I could I, I could also you know it was mixed with metal. Yeah. It was just perfect. That was my favorite band for a long time. Now it's Calma, but they're pretty similar, same style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting yeah. you mentioned Norther too, because that's definitely a band that, at least over here in the U.S., almost nobody's heard of. And I think you're like one of the first person that I've ever interviewed that ever have mentioned that band. So that's very cool to hear you mention them. Oh uh, yeah, I listen to a lot of a lot of Finnish bands, and I'm, I'm not really a big fan of certain American bands, but I, I don't know something about just a bunch of Finnish bands. Mm. I'm Probably is the orchestral influence because a lot of those a lot of those Finnish bands really do have that behind them. Yeah, you know. So yeah, very cool. Thank you. I'm glad you migrated back to uh, to San Antonio and uh, looking forward to hearing your contributions when you guys record the next uh, next album. Oh, for sure. You make sure you check it out. It'll be really really good. I will. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll pass it to the next member. Right. Alrighty. Show. Metal Knights, let's go! Let's go! From now until 
What's up? Hey, man. How we doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Years ago, I started off on bass, and uh, it's always good to talk to bass players. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, now I'm just more like the, the guitarist that occasionally goes back and plays bass. People ask me to do it. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Bass buddies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as far as bass goes, are you one of those bass players that is really just into bass, or what did you start off on guitarist and, and then realize that there was more of a niche to go into bass, or you know, so kind of where do you stand in the bass spectrum? Um, I've always played bass since the beginning. Um, when I was like uh, nine years old, I got a uh, someone picked me up and pretty much told me you're going to play bass guitar and taught me how to play bass, and I've been playing bass since. Mm-hmm. And then um, throughout these years, I just kept learning some guitar, like acoustic, really. Um, but I've just been playing bass since pretty much since I started playing music. It's kind of interesting, because I've had an experience with a couple different people where they really hadn't played an instrument yet, but you know, just listen to their to how they spoke and and interacted with music and stuff, and I was able to tell them, dude, you need to be a bass player. And almost every last one of those people has turned out to be really excellent players. Like they just started oh, yeah. and fell right into it. It's very cool when you when you see that. And you never see that like with guitar players. It's like if I see someone, you know, try to teach them guitar, it's it's a slow thing. But when you get that person that you say you're a natural bass player dude it seems like they pick it up so damn fast and i i never see that on any any other instrument yeah i mean it, it i guess because i've only really played it i don't get mixed up it's kind of just all i know really mm-hmm. so it just comes naturally uh just comes naturally to me now yeah and uh, i just love the feeling of you know the vibrations that you feel when you play the bass and just feeling like you have the balls of you know just Oh yeah, you feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember you know back in the day when I was playing, I had like this massive rig. I had like a Sun Coliseum, two hundred watt head, and a a couple of four by ten cabs. It was insane rig. So uh, you definitely could feel that thing when I was playing. Oh yeah. Interesting with bass players is that you can see people that think, oh, I play bass, and you listen to them, and they're just like following exactly on the meter and stuff. But you know the good bass players, and I notice it with you in these songs too, is that you really know like how to breathe with the music and it just like it's not like plodding along with it you go in and out on the beats and just like i said the bass breathes behind it even when you guys are doing fast stuff good bass signature you got going there cool man thanks yeah i mean i definitely um i really enjoy watching bassists like say for instance like nikki six with motley crew um but there's just some stuff that I, I feel kind of is like cookie cutter like there could be extra add-ons um fill-ins and stuff that help the music flow mm-hmm um, I, I guess that's where the difference comes with, like, you know, with with that style of music, like rock and roll, compared to maybe power metal and just the melodies that come through with it. And it, it's kind of, it's it's more of a, 
rather than like tablature and going through re- re- music, it's more just playing it and just whatever sounds great and flows with it is just so in there. Right. Yeah, definitely. So do you do more finger style, play with the pick, or you switch off when, when a song needs it? Um, I actually do not know how to use a pick. Um, I never played with one. I've tried, and I just can't. I get slower, but I'm, I use my fingers since the beginning, and uh-huh. um, I've just been, uh, like I said, I've gotten faster and faster over the years. So now I'm at the point where it's more of take care of my fingers so they, they last for me, you know? I totally get that because I'm the same thing. I play fingerstyle bass all the time. So even today, I can pick up the bass, play fingerstyle, no problem. Try to play it with a pick, I can't do it. I can play guitar all day with the pick. And I've even had uh, like a lot of other bass players uh, like Joey Vera and stuff laughing at me because when I, when I explain this to them, they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, I can't do it. I can't play with a pick. Yeah. That's- it's kind of hard, but it's also a gift because not many bass players can play with the fingers. Mm, yeah, and and do you do uh, do you actually hook your thumb over the top of the bass to like root your hand and then just play with your fingers? Yeah, I definitely have to have it um, hooked somewhere because uh, my fingers go way faster when I'm, when I have that uh, bass my thumb. Mm-hmm. If I kind of have it floating in the air, my fingers kind of shake a little. Yeah, so I have to mount it somewhere to get the most uh, speed, yeah. and it just kind of comes. Once it once it starts coming, it stays like that to where I don't even notice my fingers are moving. It just kind of happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I always remove any of the finger rests and things. Those come off the base. I just hook my thumb over the top, and it's the way I've always played. And it just, like you said, yeah. you don't you don't notice it. You don't even remember which fingers are are moving on the strings. They just do. So yeah, very very cool. And so as far as you for influences, um, you know what what really got you into it? I, I'm figuring that uh, that Cliff must have been an influence with the finger style. Um, my finger style actually when I was like influenced by uh, uh, Steve Harris, uh, his style of playing. We have a lot of that in our Jessica song. Mm. Um, I was influenced by the style of like say uh, bassists like uh, Getty Lee and Nicky Six and stuff, but mm-hmm. the actual playing style that I try to replicate is more like Steve Harris, maybe just a little faster on some songs. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, definitely, that's that's great stuff. There, uh, you know, any of the stuff Steve Harris does is 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 definitely great. And they were like they were like one of that first bands that on an album you could really hear the you know the bass on vinyl. So you know, big influence for a lot of bass players. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I'm gonna hand over the phone to our drummer, Alan. Okay. All right. Hi there. Hey, Alan. How we doing, man? Hi. Doing good. Cool. How are you doing? All right. Just hanging out. Just talking metal. You know. Oh yeah, heavy metal. <laughs> So it's the way to live. For most of us, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. even, when, even when they go, it's are you getting too old for metal? It's no, fuck you, I'm not. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they said I would outgrow this. Um, no, it hasn't happened yet. So right. So how long have you been playing, man? I've been playing since I was uh, uh, thirteen, and uh, now I'm twenty. I just turned twenty-nine. I'm really bad at. Uh, six, 16 years there you go it's okay if you had to ask me how long to play i'd probably have to put the calculator out to figure it out so yeah it's okay I suck at math too. yeah so yeah uh i guess uh what first influenced me was a bunch of thrash that got me into metal you know, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Slayer, mm-hmm. uh, Annihilator, a bunch of stuff. I would uh, look for uh, little bass rhythms on, on uh, Napster back in the day. And, you know, it was just like limited. Yeah, for me, it was limited because, uh, you know, uh, I didn't grow grow up around too much heavy metal as a young kid. But 
once I uh, once I discovered that door, I was just like uh, I was fascinated, and uh, of course the the drums, the sounds of the drums just just made me want to play more and uh, I guess make something out of it. Yeah. 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 I think it's cool for drummers now too that you know like on vinyl, you know, you go back and listen to like, you know, the stuff that that uh Filthy did with Motorhead and you listen to Overkill and stuff and I mean, you can tell it's double bass, but you really can't hear the beats on vinyl, but now with like CDs, you can really hear all of that stuff and like the stuff that, that Lombardo does and stuff. So, it's a good time to be a drummer because you can actually start to hear what they're actually doing. Oh, yes, yes, it's definitely a plus to have all the stuff that's available to us nowadays and uh uh, I I love doing double bass. That's like uh, that's what I love to do. Uh, def- definition is definitely a a must when uh, when you're doing a, f- a fast parts. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, something hard to capture, of course. But uh, with, again, with today's technology, it's all it's, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, it's interesting too when you're watching different thrash drummers doing double bass. Like if you listen and and you watch Bo Staff doing his stuff, it's almost like his feet never move. Yet he's just pounding that beat out. It's amazing the footwork right. that guy right. has. Right, just it's phenomenal. What kind of a kit do you play? Um, I've gone through various types of kits, but uh, I've tried basically <laughs> the whole spectrum of uh, packs and uh, right right now I have a. PDP. I used to have a Tama su- Superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, uh, second, I guess, the, the nicest uh, kit. But um, yeah, it was one thing I wanted to mention the, uh, is uh, I'm not actually on the uh, newest or the latest uh, recordings, but um, I am taking over some major parts that uh, that are that were pretty difficult to learn mm-hmm. uh, and. I would like to say that uh, you know uh, Jason West uh, is an awesome, awesome drummer, and and uh, I wouldn't have liked it uh, better if you know if, if it was anybody else because he's just an awesome drummer. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. But uh, I could, I can't say that uh, it uh, does bring out bring out some light with uh, my drum chops and uh, and. Uh, it's pretty exciting to be to be in this group. I mean, you guys all sound like you're really excited to play together, which is pretty cool. And you know, I can hear you guys joking around and stuff. And so you can definitely hear a chemistry in the band. And that, I mean, that's always awesome. I've been in bands where we're just like a bunch of musicians, and there's really no chemistry, and that that starts to suck really fast. But it sounds like you guys are all like get along. So that's that's very. Oh cool. yeah, man. Yeah, we spend a lot of time together, and that that really helps with the uh, with everything, with the tension and all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets it gets pretty it gets pretty fun when it's a uh, six heavy metalhead in a in a in a single room. <laughs> yeah, it can be, or on in a long van ride too. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, it was very nice meeting you. You too, man. Hi, Jessica is back. Yes, you are. <laughs> Hi, it's really cool hearing everybody's influences and everything over and over. I mean, we've we've of course talked about it amongst each other. Mm. Um, outside of doing interviews, and it's it's really cool getting to know each other again and again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for this interview. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, no problem. That, at all. You, you got anything else for us? <laughs> so, um, 
just as far as you know, you got any kind of tour plans this this year? You're going to leave the San Antonio area, get out and about, or any place that uh, people should be looking out for you? Well, we're we're not really um, doing a full on tour, but we are playing in different places. I know there's a couple of venues who would like who who we've communicated with who seem to want to have Jessica there. Uh, there's this place in Vegas that Arturo visited, and they're interested in having the band. Uh, we're playing like in different places. I know that since uh, a couple of the guys, well, three, <laughs> three out of six in Jessica are from LA and uh, they have a lot of friends and connections over there and their families over there. So we will just like hit up certain places, you know, on weekends, instead of doing a full tour yeah. where you play to Monday through Friday, you know, you play, you know, I mean, I've been on tour before and it's been like we played Tuesday at some bar and it's just like empty. That sucks, and then the weekend, it? And then the weekend is incredible. So I'd rather just go like every other weekend, go and play somewhere. Yeah. You know, something occurs like someone says, hey, I love your band. Uh, we'd like to pick you up for this tour, which has happened, but we haven't found one that we really consider a good deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've been reached out to by tour management uh, who book tours and stuff, but they're booking shows with certain bands and we just feel like we're going to wait for the one that's more fit for us. Mm -hmm. So no, uh, we don't have anything uh, planned necessarily, but we are playing out of Texas here and there and uh, just waiting on everybody to get their passport so we can go to Germany. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely no, We do want to go to Canada. Yeah. Um, our next show, uh, we're going to be playing with a band called Striper. Yep. They're really uh, half, more than half of the guys here are heavily influenced by Striper. They're incredible, and oh, cool. I'm yeah. Michael Sweet's a good friend of us. <laughs> He's the sweetest Michael I know. <laughs> <laughs> huh? What's up? Oh yeah, we're opening up for Accept and uh, Grim Reaper. We're looking forward to those shows. Those. Oh, we're also opening up for the Dio Disciples. Nice. Um, Arturo and I opened up for Dio Disciples a long time ago, but that was under our belts for the original lineup. Now that this lineup, we're really looking forward to taking on these big shows where people can notice us. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> with our with our develops with our new developed sound, like I'm really really proud of it, and I want to show everyone. And these big acts, their management, we be we we've been seen by really important people in the industry and have been liked by them so far. So hopefully, like if if we do go on tour, it would be maybe one of the tour the tour managers of these big bands would like us enough to say, Hey, come with us and, uh, we'll work something out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and as, you know, as far as people that have listened to this and they're going, you know, I love that band. I want to know more about them. Where online should they be heading to, to find out or to talk to you guys? Well, we have our individual Facebook pages. We have our main, uh, Jessica Hill Facebook page and our Jessica Hill website is Jessica com. Nice. Where, where, uh, people can send us emails, order our merch, and uh, they can contact us. If they go to our Jessica Hill Facebook page, they can find all of us on there, look up our names and, and get our personal pages. Awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you know, when you get the new album all put together and you want to let people know about it, I definitely want you to guys to come back on the show and uh, we can blast that out and let everybody know that there is new music by you guys that's available. Awesome. Thank you so much for that opportunity. No problem. That's great. We're, we're, also, we're also now on Spotify, Pandora, and uh, iTunes, so you can find uh, some of the songs from Metal Knights on there. Great. We're kind of testing the waters to see how well that goes. Um, seems to be 
successful so far. People have been asking us for a while now, but we wanted to sell our, our hard copies before we before we put them out there. But now some of the songs have been released. There you go. You want to get that physical merch out as much as possible. So, of course, you know, speaking about that, uh, is, you know, being able to play a sample off of Metal Knights, if you were going to choose one song for me to play off of that to let people know the power and the glory that is Jessica Kill, uh, what would your pick be? Mm, it's a tough one. I like all the songs, but one of my favorite ones to perform is, uh, is a song that Arturo and I sing together as a duo. And uh, that song is filled with magic. I'd have to say The Beast. There you go. Very cool <laughs> song. And your vocals on that, the two of you guys... It's really cool, the trade-off between what you do on that one and stuff. I like that one very much as well, so that's a great choice. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. We, do, we, do a, we do a special version live, but they're both, they're both special to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great to talk to actually the whole band tonight, which is very cool. And again, like I said, when you get the new one out, I definitely want you guys to come back on because you definitely have a lot to offer the metal community, and I want to blast this out to everybody for you. Awesome. We definitely, all of us look forward to it. Thank you again for that opportunity. All right. All right. Have a good one and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. Later. Bye.
right, a little confused, a little chaotic there, but nonetheless, great metal from Jessicill. I mean, just taking the last song we just played, The Beast, just that song alone tells you there's a lot of potential coming out of this band. As I said earlier, can't wait to hear what else they come up with next. And hopefully you'll be able to hear it first right here on Focus on Metal. So, wow, certainly a long episode this week, almost an hour and a half into this puppy, still going. This is definitely like an old school Focus on Metal episode. Of course, this one is a little bit odd that uh, not a word from Richie in the entire episode. But rest assured, you will be hearing from Richie very soon. The guy has been certainly busy doing interviews all over the place. And uh, any lack of discussion between the two of us on the show is uh, not really due to him. But actually, uh, it's all uh, this one's all on me this time. Just been crazy, crazy busy. And uh, my schedule just hasn't been working out to being able to get together and doing some in-studio discussion. Rest assured, we are working hard to try to get back on that horse as soon as possible. Not sure what's on tap for next week, but if uh, you keep up with us on Twitter, I usually try to announce as soon as I know what's going on for the next week. It usually pops up on Twitter. Do have a lot of good stuff in the works to choose from. I just haven't really narrowed down quite exactly what it is that we're doing. But in the meantime, let's all say it together, shall we? You can keep up with us at focusonmetal.net, focusonmetal.blogspot.com. You can hit up Richie on Facebook. He's always tweeting, tweeting stuff, Facebook and stuff over there. And I'm always doing stuff on Twitter. And also make sure that you support all of our show brothers over at the Blast Syndicate, blastsyndicate.com. Lots of great shows there. If you haven't experienced the syndicate yet, then get over there and get blasted. And also, if you want to discover some new shows, head over to earpeeler.com. And also, as we round this one out, I do want to make a big shout out to my brothers over at the Decibel Geek Pod. Aaron and Chris, you guys continue to do some amazing shows over there. Keep up the great work. A very enjoyable show. Always looking forward to hearing what's on the show, as well as all your incredible staff of writers over on your website. But that's it. There ain't no more this week. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So until we talk to you again next week, keep the horns up high. Have yourselves a good metal week. And all of us here at Focus on Metal want to make sure that always, always you remember Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.